1: And we welcome you to another edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album, the author of Tuesdays with Maury, upon which this podcast is inspired. Every week, we take a look at some of the lessons that I learned alongside my old professor when he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease and gave me a great last class on what's important in life once you really know you're going to die and how you can make your own life better by making the changes you want to make now when you're young enough and healthy enough to do something about it and not wait until the end when suddenly things become very clear, but time is very short. Lisa Goich is alongside, as always, my friend and producer of this podcast. Lisa, I want to start by asking you, you're a little younger than me, but we're both a little, barely, older, little you know, older. Barely. A little older than the younger, uh, barely than younger. the median anymore. Uh, do you spend any time wishing you were younger?
0: Uh, n- not necessarily. The only time I do is if I preface it with, "If I only knew what I knew now, then then I would be younger, mm. but I don't necessarily want to be younger uh for the sake of being younger well
1: no. you would you would be atypical of most older people who do wish that they would they could go back ten years, go back twenty years, start mm. over mm-hmm. again, be young again. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we all know the story of uh, the search for the fountain of youth. And the whole idea of that was that an older person could uh, find some magical place where you could drink the water. And by drinking the water, you would be young again. Uh, you know, and we have been hearing about this for thousands of years. Now, why would why would that be something that went back to the 5th century BC in Herodotus is where you first start hearing about it. And they, they were, went all the way through the uh, A.D. and into the 16th century. And there are stories all over, even that whole thing that was associated with Ponce de Leon, remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah. And and that was in the fifteen hundreds. Why would a story like this travel through the ages? Because the desire to be young again is not new. It is not yeah. something that was just invented. This goes back centuries, literally, literally centuries. A desire to be young again. And I would say that now perhaps more than any other time in history. That desire is fed by society because we live in a world where younger is better almost all the time. We don't celebrate very many people for their age. Once in a while, you get a Betty White who people say isn't it amazing? She's ninety eight, ninety nine. Look at look at Betty White until <laughs> she recently passed away. Look at Betty White. Look how old she is, and she's still doing what she's doing. Look at Ray, Rita Moreno. How old she is, and she was in the new West Side Story after being in the original West Side Story. Once in a while,
0: Tony Bennett. Tony yeah, Bennett. Tony Bennett.
1: Right. It, right. Right. But these are really exceptional cases of people who have lived way beyond sort of the average years to be able to be as productive as they are and what are we admiring about them really what are we admiring about them really we're admiring would, how yeah. young they are behaving for someone who's as old as they are right well that is true that's what we're doing yeah so look at tony bennett he he's outside on 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 stage and he did a little dance on stage you know when he did that uh, stepping out with my baby and he did a little two step there look at tony bennett he's 88 he's 90 he's 92 and he's still doing that stuff it's still kind of seeing people through the prism of youth look at how old they are and they're still acting young we don't I, yeah. we don't really look at them and say look how wise they are yeah acting old we don't really like or emulate or hold up to a high standard acting old right acting yeah. old if you go out and say somebody to say somebody like hey i really like this person because he acts old you would say, uh, who, who wants to act old? What, what is old? What's associated with old? Stubborn, slow, uh, uh, walking slowly, moving slowly, not thinking quickly. Look at what's going on with Joe Biden now, our president.
0: Yeah, that's terrible what they're doing to him, though. You know what I mean? Right. Half but, the time he's slow because he has to be because of his stuttering, you know, well, when but, he
1: speaks. But it's, it's a very, very common thing. Yeah, yeah, this is is. how this is how we relate to people now. Yeah. Uh, And so uh, look out. He's doddering. He's doddering. He can't put his two thoughts together. He's old and he's slow. Old and slow almost go together. Right. We very rarely say old and wise. We very rarely say old and cultured, old and and, uh, sophisticated, old and experienced.
0: At least in this country.
1: In this country. Yes. Mm -hmm. And in this culture. Mm -hmm. Now there are other cultures native american culture to to just name one asian which has mm-hmm. always right asian which has always valued age and held older people as venerable and had them built into the fabric of their society as as something that is you know critical to the operating of a good society but that's not the world that we live in here in america it's quite the opposite it's how young and still accomplished. Look at how amazed we are by all these 20-year-olds who have invented tech companies and billionaires by, you know, meet the 24-year-old who's beating Wall Street. Meet this 26-year-old who's got 30 Grammy Awards. Meet the 17-year-old who's already come up with a cure for something or another. Meet the 14-year-old influencer on toys who's making a yeah. million dollars a year. Meet the eight-year-old. It, we can't get young enough. We can't get young enough. The younger the headline, the more attention it gets.
0: That is true. And you know, when you see all those lists like with Forbes and, and you know, the sort of business magazines, they always have 30 under 30, right. 20 under 20, right. uh, the 40 under 40. Right. Just recently, did I finally see a list and I searched for this. They had, now have finally, I think it was Forbes last year, that did a 50 over 50. Uh-huh. And I'm like, ah, finally, you're recognizing that people over 50 have some sort of use in this world. about 60 over
1: 60, 70 over 70. Yeah. Uh, Now, so you might say, well, yes, Mitch, that's wishful thinking. And I myself as a listener am in my 50s, in my 60s, uh, but I feel marginalized by this country. And I would have to say, I get it. You are. Uh, The... Tenet of advertising, which drives this country. Let's face it. Let's face it. Advertising drives this country. What is what is the most important thing that people can have these days? Followers. Why can why is it important to have followers? Why is Kim Kardashian a a, a force in the world? Why is Kylie Jenner a force in the world? Not because of what they contribute to the world, but because of how many people follow them. How many people follow their, their Twitter accounts or their Instagram accounts or their TikTok accounts. And why? Because people can advertise, can reach them. The most important currency to have these days is your audience. I was recently told of someone that I know who's a, a talented dancer. And when he went for auditions for dancing, before they even watched him dance, they asked how many followers he had.
0: Yeah, it's crazy on
1: on on uh, social media, because if they were going to put him in a show, they wanted to use him to reach his followers to say, watch me, I'm in this show. So, again, it's a form of advertisers.
0: Oh, it happens all the time. By the way, even job interviews now people are getting asked for how many followers they have. Right. In in specific jobs, because they want you to be able to pull more people toward the company, with you know that they work for. If you're like a waiter or a waitress or whatever your job is, then you can say, you know, you get more people to come in. Right. You get more, here. I am
1: it's all like Love crazy, it, loving my job at Starbucks. You know, whatever. Right, it is. Right. Right.
0: Seriously. So like all it's crazy. of that
1: is a form of advertising. All of that is a form of reaching people. And what is, anyone will tell you this in the world of advertising, what is the most accepted tenet of advertising when it comes to age? Young people are impressionable and old people are not. The reason that they don't even bother to keep demographics of people after 54, you've heard in the, perhaps in the radio world, in the television world, the audience 25 to 54. Right now it's more like 18 to 49 or 18 to 34. But why did they never go past 54? Because advertisers don't want to reach people who are over 54. Now they don't even really want to reach them over 49 or even 35 because people like that have already made up their mind what kind of car they're going to buy. They've already made up their mind what kind of toothpaste they're going to use. No amount of advertising, it's, it's believed, is going to change a 60-year-old's opinion on whether they should, get, should use this deodorant soap or this snack food or whatever they have their way. So old people are of no use to advertisers because they can't be influenced.
0: That's what they believe. But you know what? I'm going to tell you, I'm I'm pushing on 60, Mitch, and in, in August. I'm very happy to say that out loud. I made it. Thank God. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> I am so easily influenced. Like when I get Instagram ads and stuff that pop up in my feed, I cannot tell you how many pairs of shoes I've purchased, how many skirts I've bought, how many things that pop into my makeup. Oh my gosh. Foundation. They tell me I'm going to look good in it. I buy it. I, I must either be outside of the realm of a normal person my age, or the advertisers are completely wrong.
1: Well, I'm guessing you're outside of the norm because uh, <laughs> they do a lot of research on this kind of thing. And if the world were full of Lisa Goiches, they'd be targeting you like crazy. And uh, I
0: everything. Now that
1: you've said this online, uh, where people can hear it, I'm sure every advertiser in the world is going to try to get your email account or your your Instagram Good. account or whatever. So Send
0: me whatever you want. Send me, but send you are, me whatever you, want.
1: you are. Atypical. I'll buy it. You are atypical. Mm-hmm. And so all of this can lead to feeling like in America, you don't matter because you don't when it comes to things like programming, because again, why would people make TV shows? They make TV shows because they want certain people to watch them. Which people do they want to watch them? The people who are going to serve their advertisers. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're if you're not going to be a good consumer, then it doesn't matter if you're watching the program to the advertiser, right? So well,
0: that yeah, and let me really quickly interject. That's also why. I think networks, TV and radio are having such a hard time these days because young kids are not listening to terrestrial radio or watching regular TV. That's
1: right. That's right.
0: We'll be back with more Tuesday, people, right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify
1: So it's possible to feel like you're out of the out of the loop, you know. We're we're in a youth society. We worship youth. Look at all the commercials that they have for the, of these very fit young people with the tight abs and and skinny bodies. They don't ever show flabby old people in any clothes. You know, certainly not without their shirts on or anything like that. You know, only if they're trying to make fun of them, right? But
0: they should.
1: Well, they should, but they don't. And so uh, it, I get it. I get it why it is possible to feel kind of out of the world and out of the, the loop of things. However, we have talked about this before. I think in the first year we were on the podcast, we talked about something that Maury and I talked about, about the envy of youth, the envy of youth. And what a waste of time it is. Let me give you some statistics here. But before I do, here's Maury talking about not being fooled by the envy of youth, because as a college professor, he saw a lot of youth, right? Every year he was dealing with 18 to 22 year olds. So he saw young people year after year after year. Here's what he had
2: to say. So with reference to youth, I know what a misery youth is. So don't tell me it's so great. All these kids who came to me with all their struggles and all their internal strife and all their feelings of inadequacy and all their sense that life was miserable and some of them wanted to commit suicide. So don't tell me youth is so great because I know better.
1: Okay, so that's the first thing to remember. Maury saw this back in 1995 when we were talking. Let me give you some data. In America between 1946 and 2006 in other words, the second half of the 20th century, the suicide rate for men aged 15 to 24, 15 to 24, quadrupled for males. And doubled for females. Quadrupled for males and doubled for females. Think about that. Mm. Quadrupled, okay? Now, people have more money, better healthcare, better health, more housing, education. They live longer than any other time. And yet, American youth is unhappier than it has ever been.
0: Because, you know why? peer pressure. You're probably going to say this. Like, there's, there's too much pressure to be just like what you see. Again, loop it back to your thing on the ads, on TV, on social media, on everything else.
1: Well, there's a lot of reasons why. There's a lot of reasons why. First of all, the breakdown of the family over the years, one in five young Americans has no contact with his or her father now. One in five. And that's not including fathers who have died. 10 years ago, 72%, it's only gotten worse, of black children were born to unmarried mothers versus 50 years earlier or 40 years earlier, it was only 24%. So it went from 24% to 72% since 1965. The majority of births to millennials now are to unmarried women. The family structure has broken down completely. From what it used to be. Now, why is that important? Because family structure is what gives you a sense of security. I just, I just took one of our little children from Haiti, who's up here staying with us, to the hospital today. She had to have an MRI. The whole time, as long as I was there with her, she was fine. She didn't cry. She didn't do it. The minute she they had a wheeler away, whatever crying, you know, carrying on, whatever, until she got back to me. Why? Because I give her a sense of security because she knows who I am. Because I am, because she's at the orphanage, I'm a father figure to her. That very simple example is what all of us go through all the time. So you take this breakdown of the family structure combined with social media, 86% of young Americans in a recent survey a few years ago said that they were willing to try out being an influencer on social media platforms. And 12% of them said they already considered themselves influencers. And another 20% said they know an influencer personally. Lord. (laughs) This is what they want to be. They want to, they are disconnected more than they've ever been before, and yet they want to influence other people. Yeah. There's some guy named PewDiePie. A video. <laughs> well, that alone. A video that
0: alone right there. Yeah, a video game
1: commentator. <laughs> well, he made in he made over fifteen million dollars in twenty eighteen. Oh my god. A YouTube oh. makeup guru, Jeffree Star, sixteen million followers, oh, yeah. uh-huh. pulled in eighteen million dollars in a year.
0: I know who he is.
1: And Kylie Jenner, we're not even going to talk about. Okay, so these are people, this is young people who are not connected to any of these people personally, but have them following. You're a follower. Think about what that word means. I'm a follower. I follow somebody. And yet you follow people you never meet. You follow people who you're, you, you don't have any connection to you. And this is where we're putting our time and our effort. So you take some of these disconnects. You take some of these uh, crazy desires of what people want to be, you take a breakdown in the family structure, and you have a recipe for confusion, for depression, for drug use, for suicide, all of which plague young people today more than any time in history, I believe. Do you, did you see the story where they're starting to suggest that eight-year-olds become, start getting tested for anxiety? Eight-year-olds oh, start geez. getting tested in schools for anxiety. Eight-year-olds. That's so crazy. So when you are thinking about, I wish I was younger, you might want to think again. You might want to think about what I remember Maury saying to me one particular time about young people. And he said, young people are not wise. Here it is.
2: It's not youth that's valuable. It's what ordinarily accompanies youth or what accompanies it, like health. Right. So I'm not impressed with youth in that sense. And in addition to all the miseries, they're not very wise. They're not very... Understanding about life and who the hell wants to live a life when you don't know what's going on. When people are manipulating you, like the media, telling you, buy this perfume and you'll be beautiful. Buy this pair of jeans and you'll be sexy. It's all such nonsense.
1: So this is Maury talking (laughs) in 1995. I'm totally
0: on board before there was,
1: before there was any such thing as an influence or anything like that. Yeah. So, so I've been thinking about this lately because I work with a lot of children and I revel in the fact that I am my age and I have this wisdom now. Oh, me too. This wisdom that allows me to say, that's silly. I'm not going to waste my time with that. This wisdom that allows me to say it's not a good thing to drink Red Bull four times a day just because you want to stay up a little Uh, or have a little bit more energy. It probably uh, is better to just get some sleep.
0: Oh, boy. That kind of
1: (laughs) wisdom. It is is good wisdom. I revel in the fact that I have wisdom that when I hear about an office fight or feud or jealousy, I'm able to say that's so petty. It doesn't matter. Just let it go. And I listened to younger people say to me, but he did this. I said, yeah, okay. And does it really change your life? I'm grateful to have that kind of wisdom. I'm grateful to have the wisdom to know that there has to be a time where you disengage from work and where you just enjoy nature or enjoy simple pleasures of things. I enjoy the wisdom that I've had to realize that money is not the be-all, end-all of everything. That there are more unhappy people that I know who have money than there are unhappy people I know who don't have a lot of money. That is a wisdom that has come over the years. I, I enjoy the wisdom of knowing that not everything has to be done the way that we do it here. That there are other cultures in the world, other places in the world that do things a little better than us on some regards, not as good as us in others. And that to go and see them and explore them is a joy. And to say something like, oh, we're the only people who do this. We're the only country who do this. America first and ahead of this is, is, a, is a simple-minded approach to things. And that the world is a big place and there's much to be learned from it if you travel it. I'm I am yes. grateful for that wisdom.
0: Me too. Yeah.
1: I'm grateful for the wisdom of, of as sad as it has been, having seen people in my life pass away, older people and even younger people to realize I have to take every day as precious and I have to treat it as such. These types of small wisdoms are not available to the young because they only come with experiencing life. Yeah. You might find the odd young person who's old for his or her years and They really kind of get the world, but for the most part, you have to go through certain things in order to understand them.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, You can't even tell young people certain things. I've noticed that with like people who I work with that are in their twenties. You know, even when I say something as simple as please put some money in your 401k, you know, like when you're my age, you're going to be thankful that you started and they're like, Oh, well, you know, I don't really have it right now. And I really would rather spend it right now. I have time. No, you don't. They don't listen. Like you're not going to listen when you're that age because you think you know better, but you don't know better till you've lived it, and you can look back on it. That's right. You know.
1: That's right. That's
0: why I. That's why I don't want to be young. You know. I mean, sure, I'd like to be a little less creaky. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) If I could be (laughs) younger, but still know all the stuff I know now, then yeah. But otherwise, no.
1: Right. Well, as Maury said here, don't be so quick to envy the culture that worships youth.
2: I'm not impressed with our youth culture at all. I'm impressed with a culture that tries to encourage wisdom and, uh, sounds funny, right living is living in a decent way, which I've said innumerable times. Mm. But indeed, the media is pressing kids and they don't know what's happening to them. Mm. And they just follow automatically. Right. So I, I try to build in and have great uh, sense of skepticism. Uh,
1: and skepticism is healthy. Another thing that you learn when you're older, be skeptical of a culture that celebrates youth. Be skeptical of a culture where, where Marvel Comics is the, is, the, is the high art of, of, uh, of a society. You know, there, there, are, there are better stories than Spider-Man out there. There's better art. Uh, and literature than Thor. And knowing that and knowing what's available in the world is part of the wisdom of age. So celebrate the the wisdom that you have. Celebrate the age that you have. Don't be envious of younger people. As, as Maury said to me when I once asked him, are you envious of me? He said, why should I be envious of you? I've already been where you are you should be envious of me. I've got 40 years on you. And he was right. The fact that, you know, I don't know that I'll get to live to be as old as Maury did, I hope. But at the time I was like, well, aren't you envious of me? Why? He had 40 more years on this planet, 40 more years to have learned the world, 40 more years to have cultivated the wisdom that he did. Why would he be envious of me? And why should we be envious of people younger than us? So I hope that helps if you're going through any of that, I wish I was younger, I wish I was young again. There's a lot to be said for where we are right now and the wisdom of age. And I look forward to a day where, as you say, Lisa, it's 70 over 70 and 80 over 80. And I know, right? we're celebrating. That would Those be are
0: nice. the awards I want to see. Those are the people I want to follow. I
1: want to win one in 90 <laughs> over 90.
0: That's my influence. Or 100 over
1: 100. That's who I, I want to win yes. that award. It means I lasted that long. All right. That's going to wrap it up for our small lesson today. We hope you enjoyed spending some time with us and talking about this, hearing Maury's voice. If you like what you heard, we always appreciate comments and ratings. You can leave those. You can find out more about our show at wetuesdaypeople.com on the web. Until we... Get a chance to speak with you again on behalf of Lisa Goitsch, my producer and friend. I'm Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday.
0: Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.